Hello and welcome to the NAG Personal Trainer Podcast. Hope you're well and enjoyed the previous podcast as well. Uh, in case you didn't know, this is your first time listening to me. I've been doing podcasts for quite a while now. Um, if you go back in my podcast archive, you'll see also myself and Kate, who I work with um, online as well. We used to run podcasts together like the NCO Project. I'm just saying this because we also... You can literally listen to us for free because we have an online membership uh, called Forever Strong. And we are going to enter into a six-week challenge leading up to summer soon to help you with your weight loss goals, your fitness goals, your health goals. No matter what your starting point is, no matter how busy you are, because we're always busy. We're all always busy. And if you can do things while you're busy, you can do things for life. Because if you're always waiting till it's not busy, you're never going to start. But anyway, before I move on to today's subject, what I'm saying is with our Summer Strong Challenge, which is going to start the 8th of May, you'll be able to enter from this weekend on Sunday. It'll be six weeks. It's going to lead up to summer. And I work with Kate, who's also one of the coaches who's going to be running Summer Strong. The other coach I work with is also uh, Megan or at Move with Megan PT on her Instagram. Kate is KFitPT. We've also got podcasts where all three of us are basically covering the q a's that we do in our forever strong group the reason we give these out for free and don't charge for these is because information is always fucking free you could google the shit out there that we're telling you it's just we're going to tell you from experience of working with actual clients so yes we know a calorie deficit works for fat loss we know that you have to increase your energy out through increasing your steps and your movement across the day and not focusing just on the gym for calorie burning because it's only five, 10% of your day. So what we do is take actual scenarios, what clients have messages in about or experience from clients that we've worked with and how we help them through an individual problem because everyone's problem is very individual. Some people can't adhere to a calorie deficit because of X, Y, and Z. And some people can't get their steps up because of X, Y, and Z. Everyone's got a different life and different needs and just a different person. So basically what we decided actually learning from this in our next challenge, Summer Strong, you're going to be assigned your own coach. So you're with me, Kate or Meg. And to make sure you're with the right coach, because we've all got the same goal in mind to help you basically to achieve long term weight loss, fitness and health goals and live your best life. But also we've all got our own ways, what I've worked with clients we've worked with. So we'll get you to a questionnaire before you start the challenge so you can see who you're best suited with. And then we'll assign you to your coach and you'll be able to get individual feedback and support from that coach throughout the six weeks. So not only are you in our uh, online fitness community via Facebook, our Forever Strong group for the Summer Strong Challenge, you will also have your own coach as well to make sure you're doing okay, you're doing the right thing, or when you're struggling, that your coach is there for you. Because that coach has been assigned to you for the questionnaire, we know this coach can help you. And the fact that there's three coaches in there, if say one of us was stuck with something that a client's asked him, we've got each other to ask as well. Because we want to do our best to make sure that after six weeks, it's not a case of, oh, fuck off, um, do what you want, no, go binge eat. You know, It's not a restrictive, extreme diet thing that we run with our online coaching programme. 
we're going to help you make those lifestyle changes and actually help you not only achieve weight loss goals and long-term weight loss goals, but also to actually just feel fucking good inside. Because most of the time we want to lose, women particularly want to sometimes just lose a bit of weight or shape up their physique because they just want to feel better in themselves. And you want to have more energy and you want to feel less tired. But sometimes you don't realise that when you're focusing so much on weight loss, you don't see how making lifestyle changes and becoming fitter and becoming healthier can actually impact you in other ways other than scale weight or how your clothes fit. So if you'd love support, especially a bit more one-to-one support and be part of a fitness community and enjoy the process as well. We're not going to ask you to cut things out. We're going to help you teach you how to do compromises. We're going to focus on nutrition the first few weeks, which is where most people struggle uh, before we even get into movement and uh, training of course there'll be workouts in there every week as well for you to do i normally do a stretch yoga style one meg and kate usually do um a low equipment ones it's stuff you can do at home uh, and again because you've got your own coach you can request a training plan and that coach can create a training program for you um tailored to you and what you enjoy doing and what you need as well so that's this sounds like something you would love to join if you send me an email, natalie at the nagpizzletrainer.co.uk with the subject line, Summer Strong, and if you want to ask a question about, about it or just say, I'm interested, can I have more information or I'm interested, I'd like to join as soon as the doors open. I'll make sure to prompt you with the link to join this Sunday coming. Right. So speaking of that, working with real life clients and experience of how I've helped individuals. So today's scenario i'm going to talk to you about adherence to sticking with a calorie deficit for fat loss again you hear me sort of chop and change between fat loss and weight loss are they the same thing technically yes and no just to clarify before i move on scale weight is just basically your relation of your whole body weight to the ground so that could be even the clothes you're wearing, how much hair you have, how much fluid you have, how much blood you have, skeleton, uh, not just body fat. Also muscle, um, if you're on your period as well for females. Whereas body fat, when I say fat loss, I'm referring to you're losing size or losing a layer of body fat while also building lean muscle tissue, uh, clothes fitting differently, body shape changing. So I tend to intertwine between the two. I use the word weight loss more. This sounds really awful, this, folks, but it is a little bit clickbaity. I'm going to be dead honest with you. More people are more likely to come and listen to my podcast if I mention the word weight loss and fat loss. Fat loss doesn't seem to resonate very well with people. And I get that because I'm from the generation of the 90s where it was all about the scale weight. Uh, it wasn't just about looking skeletal. It was about the scale weight. It was all about you need to be light, you need to be tiny and all this shit. Um, luckily, I had fantastic male role models in my life who would not encourage me to do that but I do understand why people resonate with scale weights uh, particularly just due to my upbringing and also seeing my mum on and off scales all the time I've actually almost I wouldn't say addictive but I was a bit obsessed with weighing myself a couple of times a day and I understand how that can fuck with your head because your weight fluctuates you know, from anything from one to 10 pounds a day, depending on what you're eating, when you've been toilet, etc. Whereas body fat loss, is it's not very immediate, the changes, it's over time. So usually when people come into our online groups or come with me one-to-one, I will eventually educate and help them move towards more, if they want, say, 
you know, fit in their clothes better and have more confidence to show more flesh, especially in the summer. You know, we're working on, say, more aesthetic point of view, which means to lose body fat and probably do weight training because they want that toned look. So we have to do weight training for that to get that look while they lose that layer of body fat. But why do people struggle to stick with a calorie deficit when we know that's what works? You know, the science is when it comes to thermogenesis is that if you eat less calories than you are, um, than you need, you're going to initially lose weight and body fat. But why do people struggle with that? These are some of the biggest things I see with my clients. And I'll tell you the main one as well in a moment. Uh, but one, they're not tracking very accurately. Well, I say not tracking accurately. They're not tracking everything in or taking account of what they're having or under-exaggerating what they're having. So say if you're doing using a calorie tracking uh, app like my fitness pal NutriCheck or whatever else is out there it's basically a food diary by the way never pay for it just use it as a food diary all you need is calories and macronutrients which is your calories protein carbs and fats that's it, it sometimes it tells you your fiber and that which is really helpful but just use it for that um and use it to educate yourself use it as a tool it's not an, a means to an end uh because it's to teach you to probably monitor your portions to be more mindful when you're having something. For example, say you're going to grab a second biscuit, you're like, well, I better track that in. Oh, it's going to take my calories over. So you know what? I'm just going to leave it and make sure I enjoy my meals today. So it just helps with that point of view, just like writing a food diary would. It, it automatically helps us to already eat a bit less if we're working on, say, fat loss and weight loss goals. But a lot of people tend to under-exaggerate it. And I've seen people where they tracked and say, my fitness pal, and they've been out for a, a meal at a restaurant and they try to roughly track it in, which is quite difficult. So I would say just leave a thousand calories and pick two um, dishes or a pick a dish and then have a couple of drinks instead. A compromise, again, it's all about compromising. And they might still do that, but the, they'll say, oh, that meal's only 500 calories. And I know when meals are, when you're having meals out at restaurants, because you don't see the oils and the butters and uh, the flavouring you use. And normally the quite high calorie, what they're using, like oils and butters, fat's nine calories per gram, whereas carbs and protein are four calories per gram. So they probably way under-exaggerated, perhaps not on purpose, perhaps legit they think that is correct. And I've been there and done that. So I find, yeah, because as we know with meals out, calories on the menu now. And I think you can see most meals are not less than 500 calories. Um, so I always exaggerate, go over the top a little bit with it. Uh, the other one is they're eating out quite a lot. Again, like I just said there, it's really difficult to, to stay in a calorie deficit. I think if you're eating out quite a lot, and I mean over the week, not like once a week and you go out for a special occasion or something. Um, you know, I mean, like you're going out ridiculously, like two, four, well, I'd say two's even okay. I think three plus a week is, I mean, like, fair play that you can afford that. But um, I've known people to eat out four or five times a week and they're struggling to lose weight and body fat. And I'm like, well, it, they're very hedonic foods when you eat out and you make these nice combinations of adding more fats to, to the food to make it more tastier. Um, even something where it should be low calorie because of what they're adding to it, it, it makes it more higher calorie. Um Whereas like choosing to just eat out a bit less and cook more at home. I've even had someone say, do you know a company where they can just cook the meals for me and bring them to me? Well, she's okay. If you can afford that and do that for the rest of your life, crack on. 
go for it. There is services out there available. You could use like muscle food. I think my protein at Iceland and now I've got meals there. I sometimes do buy now and again the odd ready-made meal. But I think, again, with food labels, they could be 20% inaccurate. They're not bang on for their calories. In fact, no one's bang on with their calories. It's all estimations. Uh, but also with doing that all the time, you might not fancy what you got in, so you end up going out anyway and eating out. And you're losing the skill of cooking. And I find that a massive barrier for a lot of people as well when it comes to adhering to a calorie deficit is the skill of not being able to cook. And I don't mean you have to be a chef. I do hear people going, I can't cook. I'm like, can you do a fried egg, like two fried eggs, all scramble eggs in a microwave? Uh, like, you know, three eggs scrambled and just pop that on a round of wholemeal toast with a bit of butter and cream cheese. Maybe some beans, if you like, on the side or some spinach or fry some mushrooms. I'm not asking for Michelin-style dishes. You know, the slow cooker, for example, one of the best things you could ever buy because you can actually throw shit in. Not literally shit. You could throw shit in, like food in, and you could cook up, you know, a banging curry or a stew or a slow cooker chicken fajita, you know, or even slow cooker lasagna. There's all sorts you can cook in a slow cooker. And it's one of the best things I've ever invested in. Ours is like 20... No, I'm exaggerating. It's probably about... Mm, I'm trying to think how long me and my missus have been together. Had it at the whole old house. It's probably going on 10 years old. Yeah, 10 years old. So it's it's doing quite well, our slow cooker. And it served us really well. Um, Even like air fryers now. I'll be honest, I've not used one. But I've had people who've cooked me a meal from their air fryer. And they are fantastic. And it is for somebody who maybe isn't a great cook or... um. Because they're not massive, the air fryer is probably great for if couples or if you're living on your own, they're brilliant. I mean, to be fair, my mum uses one and she ends up feeding my nephew sometimes as well because he stay over. Uh, so she's feeding like three, four people sometimes with my dad as well. But cooking has been made easier. But I think just simply knowing, even knowing how to do a stir fry, and I guess people get worried what do you, what sauces you put in. If you Google how to cook a stir fry or a chicken stir fry, loads of the recipes come up just keep it simple the other thing with people struggling with a calorie deficit i think people try to complicate it that's the other thing so i had someone i spoke to on the phone the other week and all we did when i went through her nutrition to help her be coming you know going to a calorie deficit and she's been snacking a lot in the evenings but she skips breakfast which i'm not saying is bad but then the lunch she has isn't very big she is marving then she doesn't sometimes she might have a snack in the afternoon but it's like biscuits and that and then before we know she gets in at six o'clock and she's absolutely fucking starving so while she's cooking her tea or waiting for tea to be cooked she is in and out the cupboards because nothing's been prepared it's been too long um and she actually said to me all i did with her meals was i just said i'd like to have three meals a day because i think it reduced the snacking you're probably eating about a thousand calories with a snack so let's maybe reduce that by having a 500 calorie meal and you're knocking 500 calories off already um so all i did was like said to if you're not a big breakfast eater let's say you have it a bit later in the morning when you do feel a little bit peckish you know let's say 200 grams of 0% fat greek yogurt one of the most underrated foods to have because you can add anything to it so i don't mean have it on its own add things to it like your favorite berries you might put a little handful of granola on there just for some crunch and taste and a little bit of honey uh, my favorite's actually red grapes and two squares of dark chocolate chopped in there and honey, that is banging. Uh, that's the one I go to. Um, but there's 
Again, it's very versatile. You can mix it based on your taste. You can add protein powder to it. I even said if she wanted to, have a protein shake and a couple pieces of fruit if that's what all you fancy. And then take like a decent lunch with you. So you have a sandwich, put more meat onto your sandwich because she said she eats meat, she's not vegan or vegetarian. So I was like, well, double up your protein portion on your sandwich if you're able to. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Have a piece of fruit and then have something on the side that you really enjoy. If you want a couple of biscuits for your cup of tea, then have it. Because if you're too full, you won't bother, so then leave it. But I did say, because she's got like a quite a bit of a gap between her lunch and evening meals. So I said, have something mid-afternoon. Uh, and that's where the shake would come in quite well, and a couple of pieces of fruit or vice versa, the yoghurt. Or she does eat at home. She did say she likes scrambled egg on toast. So I said, if you're hungry in the morning, which actually turns out she was hungry in the morning. So I was like, you know, all, all, you've, all you've heard here, what I've done with her, is I made tweaks to her diet. And she goes, oh, so that's it? I was like, yeah. I said, we're just going to make tweaks to what you are already doing. I'm going to meet you where you're at now. And then we'll progress from that later on. I said, all we've done there is I focus roughly on your meals. I said, even about tracking your calories, I know roughly how much that'll be a day. And I know you'll be in a deficit. I think it came to, even she had some biscuits, barely 1,500 calories. And that's for snacks. But we worked out. And I said, if it's a bit of a high calorie meal you're having in the evening with uh, your mum, because I'm chilling at home with my mum at the moment. I said, you've got room to have that. Because like your meals, you know, you've had a decent breakfast, a bit of a smaller lunch, like just a sandwich and some fruits, you know, very energy dense food, uh, calorie, uh, nutrient dense food, sorry, not calorie dense foods. Um, and then you've got that mid-afternoon snack. So when you come home, you're not going to be ripping the cupboards open for all those tasty snacks. Instead, you'll be able to actually wait for your evening meal uh, because you've had that kind of like mini, well, instead of a snack, we said mini mid-afternoon meal. We kind of did it that way. Just something as simple as that to help her adhere to a calorie deficit because before she's done diets and I think she was expecting, she said she was expecting it to taste like a diet, like lettuce and chicken or just chicken and rice, or I'm going to write out a meal plan and she's got to stick to what I tell her to eat. Which for some people, maybe to do really well on. And this is a mistake a lot of people make when it comes to adhering to a calorie deficit. They expect to just be told what to do rather than learn what to do and implement it. If you're going to forever rely on someone telling you what to do, you'll never learn and you'll never stick to it for life. So... I always say, however you're going to do it, however you're going to lose body fat and weight, you've got to think, I've got to do this for the rest of my fucking life. And all the only difference is, is you'll be able to eat a few more, cal- more calories. Where I'll say a few more, it depends. If you're becoming more active, it's a lot more. But when you get to like the stage where you want to maintain your weight and body fat, because there is a point where we get to there, if you keep going, where you can actually have more calories and live like that for the rest of your life. How nice is that? But I would say when it comes to adherence of a calorie deficit, I think people just make it too complicated. Like they've got to change everything they eat now. It's like, no, you don't You don't need to do that. Just make amendments to what you're having now. All I did there with that lady was we increased the protein a portion. Because I said, when you're losing weight and body fat, you need to preserve your muscle tissue. I can't stress this enough. And it's not just for looks and it looks nice. It's also for your health reasons. You don't want to have lack of muscle as you get older. 
um, especially when you eventually get to your 40s and 50s because you'll have big problems with osteoporosis, bone health, um, especially when you go through the menopause eventually. Muscle is so important for our health. And it does look good, if I'm dead honest. Uh, I don't mean if you ripped up like a bodybuilder looking, but you look a bit firmer. You know, you've got a nice shape to your physique. You look strong as well, healthy. It is quite healthy looking, I think, personally. That's just my preference, I guess. Um, but, you know, and also sustaining muscle will keep you younger for life as well. You know, it does slow down how you age. You ache less. Um, you can still live your best life and be active and do things well into your 40s, 50s plus. I've got clients who are in their uh, just turning 60 some of them and they were going rock climbing abroad you know how many 60 year olds can say they're doing that and that's because of the lifestyle they have built the past three to four years with me and it's so rewarding to see that he's in they sent me a cool picture uh, of them rock climbing i was, I was so pleased it's it was just goals absolute goals that is so yeah so we've got complicating the diet so just look at what you're doing now and I'd say three rules there to put in. So first off, always ask yourself, are you actually hungry in the morning? If you're freaking hungry, I would say, yeah, leave your breakfast a bit later if you can. If you've got, if you're one of those weirdos who eat at 7pm at night, I don't do that. If your job dictates it, it's different. But if you have the choice, you know, I'm sorry, but most people would eat between four and six, I think. <laughs> Maybe it's a stoky thing. I don't know. Like I say, I was brought up, you you ate when you got off, like seven o'clock. Then you might have a mid-morning snack and you had your dinner, I call it upstate. We call that upstate, we call it dinner, not lunch. Uh, we'd have that round between half eleven and one o'clock, somewhere between that time. And then you get home from school about half three and your mum might give you some fruit to snack on or something or a drink. And then you'd have your tea about between four and five. And then that's it. You might not bother with anything else for the evening. Um unless mum's got a dessert or something as a one-off, uh, you know, we you get your grandparents and they baked. And that's pretty much my routine. <laughs> um, but obviously when we change jobs, obviously I get it if you have to eat later. But So I always say, yeah, if you're hungry first thing, have fucking breakfast because I think it makes you worse in the morning. And when you go past uh, shops where they've got bakeries and you can smell it and it lures you in and it it becomes even stronger, the urge. So what I'm saying here is, yeah, have breakfast if you're hungry or have it later. Whenever you have your first meal, though, and the same with all your meals, have at least 25 grams of protein in each meal. If you're wondering where to get your protein from, I just said 0% fat Greek yogurt has protein in. Um, you've got, say, eggs are fantastic for that. Three eggs, by the way, is, if it's large, 6, 12, 18 grams of protein, for example, bread actually has some protein in so it's about it's only four grams not it's not classed as high protein but it can help top up the protein uh like cream cheese does as well um and even anything leafy green has a little bit too so for example i know three eggs on toast with spinach and cream cheese like cream cheese is nearly 25 grams of protein it's not as high as i like it's you know it's a little bit low for me but it's not too bad and i can always top it off by having some yogurt on the side if i wanted to um and then for your lunches, as some of you call it, or dinner, as some of you call it, you're going to have, say, you know, classically, yeah, your chicken's one of that easier source of protein. Because 100 grams of chicken breast is 27 grams of protein. Uh, or you might have cod if you like your fish. So 100 grams of cod is, again, about, about 25, 27 grams of protein, top of my head. Um, again, if you're vegan or vegetarian, I actually had um, a corn stir fry earlier, so the corn pieces. Um, it's a 500 gram bag. And if you split that into four and you had loads of veggies and you stir fry and you could whack an egg in there if you're a vegetarian. 
And that's around 25 grams of protein per serving as well. And then most evening meals people have have some source of protein. For example, the classic spaghetti bolognese. So basically have more mince than pasta, have a bit less pasta, have one slice of garlic bread rather than half a garlic bread, of you know, baguette of garlic bread and have more salad on the side. All I've got you to do there is increase your protein portions because it's more satiating. It helps preserve muscle tissue. Uh, the other thing I always get my clients to another rule is increase their vegetable portion and their fiber portion. So say with their bread, if they like it, again, I do look at preference as well. I might, well, are you okay with wholemeal bread? Uh, you know, because it's just a bit higher in fiber, uh, good for your digestion, and it'll fill you up a little bit more. And they're like, yeah, so they'll swap from white bread to that. I'm like, look, if you want white bread as a one-off one week, then have white bread as a one-off. Or you're going for a bacon butty, and a bacon butty is banging with white bread, and it's a one-off, then have it, you know, enjoy it. Um, increasing their veggies or their fruits where they can as well. Because again, these foods are what you can have in high volume. So you might have heard our food volume is important as well as a calorie deficit. Lean protein sources and fruit, veg and fibre are your best friends in a calorie deficit, especially females, because we don't require as much energy as males. And you can eat higher volumes of these and not consume as many calories. Whereas having hedonic, hyperpalatable, tasty foods, which are easier to overeat, like sweets, chocolate, crisps, you know, you know the usual suspects. Of course, you can easily overeat them but they don't fill you up. Uh, they're not empty calories. They do have calories. It's just you feel empty after you've had them because they don't touch the sides, do they? And lastly, like I just said about work there, if you have to work late, you can choose an eating window. I don't always use this with clients, but I find for some, especially with their jobs or their shift work, especially um, I coach some paramedics, they quite like uh, have a certain window to eat in because then they're in the habit of doing that, say, for a night shift. But it works well even if you're working in the day. So it might be um, your eating window is 11 to 7, for example. All it does, it means you've got to have all your calories within that time frame uh, and all your protein and your fibre. And sometimes setting a simple rule like that can really help because it might stop the snacking at night. Because just putting it in place, think, well, it doesn't mean eat what the fuck you want between 11 till 7. You've got to apply still the two other rules and stay in a calorie deficit. But it might mean it just gets you into habits when to eat and when to have meals. And before you don't eat a routine and you don't really think about that you're in a time-restricted feeding window, you're just like, this is just normal for me and this is how I eat. But you'll have the flexibility where, if say one day someone wants to go for a breakfast with you at like 8, 9 o'clock, you know, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, I'll just do that. It's fine. It's a one-off. Um, you know, I could just do 8 till 4. That's fine. You know, you could you could switch it around or just not do it that day because hopefully you're in a habit by then to just think, well, I'll make sure I get three meals in and a couple of snacks, you know, keeping it simple as that and still staying in a calorie deficit. Sorry, I'm drinking some coffee between. I say coffee, it's decaf because it's like five o'clock in the evening. And if I have caffeine, I will be bouncing off my tits. So all I've done with this lady I spoke to, it's just kept it simple and made those three changes. So increase the protein portion, increase the fibre portion, and just to help her with the evening snacking. Again, some people don't even need to do a time-restricted feeding window. They just need to sort their meals out and they finally snack less in the evening, especially to note with this, actually, this lady also has PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, and 
it is known for your blood sugars being more affected because again it's related hormonally um it's not that sugar's bad or anything like that what it is is the saying actually having a really filling first meal for most women with pcos really benefits across the day their eating ha habits they find they feel a bit more satiated for the rest of the day whereas having something small for breakfast like just around a toast or some breakfast biscuits which are just biscuits or even just a piece of fruit they are marving most of the day and then they find they get peaks and troughs of their blood sugar so there is a lot of evidence leaning towards having a bigger meal for your first meal i really say first meal as well because everyone's different what time they have their breakfast or a brunch however you have it um, and then they have like say a medium-sized lunch and they finally don't want a big meal always in the evening but again it's just on your lifestyle and your preference uh you don't have to have a massive breakfast i want to say that about the being the biggest meal don't you don't need to have a thousand calories say full fry up uh but it might be from your round of toast you're gonna have two uh poached eggs on there with some beans or bacon medallions or some stir fried veggies something simple like that so it's gonna fill you up it's got more fiber and protein so lastly the other reason i find some clients i've worked with or people i know have struggled to stay in a calorie deficit is they're not choosing always on their preference as this lady said to me on the phone the other week i feel like it has to taste like shit to be to show it's working and show you on a diet and otherwise taste boring taste bland eating things that you don't like but you've got to eat it because it's healthy and apparently if you don't if you eat anything else you're gonna put fat on suddenly you know all over your body when i speak to clients again like i did with this lady and i have done with all my clients when i ask them what they eat across the day i'm already picking up what they enjoy having uh, and also it helps me to see if they've got any order with their eating as well that you know which again this, that was the issue with the other lady just getting a bit of structure into a day but you can choose on adherence uh, an adherence you can choose on preference um you know think of like a food pyramid of priority so most people jump straight to supplements at the top or like a they think it's going to be a quick fix when it's not. And then they look at meal timing. Now, I don't mean about the intermittent, uh, not intermittent fasting, wrong one. Don't mean time restricted feeding window. I mean, like it's more to do with like bodybuilders when they have their protein and all that. But again, most people don't get to that point. They may get to mac uh, micronutrients, so the quality of their food, and they may get to macronutrients, protein, carbs and fat calories in calories out which is where a lot of you need to be at least to start with but underneath that even before you start with say if you want to calorie track i always say look at your preferences so say for example you could write down a list of lean protein sources you know you're going to enjoy so for example i've got some clients who don't like say chicken they actually don't so we're like right we've got cod we have salmon we have turkey we have um lean beef mince you could have lean chopped beef you can have uh the lean part of the lamb uh pork chops uh pork medallions uh prawns tuna there's so many options about that list i'm not saying you have to have even them uh, again if you're vegan or vegetarian uh you've got corn pieces and corn mince you have uh tofu um you've also got say for vegetarian you know 0% fat greek yogurt you've got skier yogurt you've got cottage cheese um if you're vegan you could pick certain uh, protein shakes that you like that are plant-based whether it's pea protein soya protein you know again on your preference uh, your beans and pulses like chickpeas lentils the list goes on and on 
Um, and from there, as humans, we have our preferences. So you pick on your preference. Uh, another client, for example, she doesn't like beef. She doesn't like the texture. So she doesn't like um, anything like, uh, yeah, it's just beef, basically, or, or red meat, should I say. But she loves chicken, turkey. She's even willing, she wants to try corn in a couple of weeks as well. Um, for meal, she already does meal prep, so it's all frozen and done. So she's going to try that later. I've got some clients who prefer mostly just fish as their source of protein. So they have that, which tin tune is great and really budget friendly. They can get their salmon in a, salmon in a couple of days a week uh, for their mega free, which I encourage all my clients to do if, if they like salmon or it's, in, it's uh, non part of their diet anyway. Tell them to keep it in. So basically, make a list of where these high-protein sources are. Oh, eggs as well. And you make a list of the ones you're going to have in and going to fit into your diet. So there's one. The next one would be like, say, your fibre. So if you don't like wholemeal bread, don't have wholemeal bread. Okay, if that's something you really aren't willing to swap right now or try, then don't. <laughs> don't worry about it. Because calorie-wise, they're not much difference compared to wholemeal. It's just a case of wholemeal might fill you up a little bit longer. So I might be like, well, just increase your veggies or you know, whatever you're going to have with that meal to help fill you up a little bit and help with digestion. There's some fibre in white bread as well. It's just whole meal's a bit higher, that's all. And and also it's less hyper-palatable as white bread. Like white bread, I, yeah, you could eat at the... It's, it's, you want, you're more inclined to eat more of it, aren't you? Um, that you're more likely to overeat cake over white bread. <laughs> Maybe, depends what you like, I guess. So you pick your preference on your fibre. So say you pick the fruit and veggies you actually like. And for example, I've got a client... She doesn't like many berries, which are really high in antioxidants, aren't they? But she does like a tea and a coffee, which has got antioxidants in. And she doesn't drink a stupid amount. So I'm like, well, you get it from there. So that's fine. And she gets a fibre from other fruits and veggies that she does enjoy. Um, so again, for example, with the yogurt, I said, oh, I had some berries to it. And I forgot. And she's like, oh, no, pulling her face at me when we were doing a, a review over Zoom. And um, I said, oh, yes, apologies. I, I forgot totally. I was like, maybe just add some flavouring to it, actually um but she does like i think it's like bananas and stuff said so banana and yogurt's actually really nice it's a weird thing i've got a thing for at the moment i'm enjoying having banana with my uh yogurt at the moment i don't know why i've had it with porridge as well recently really random um it's dead easy to track it as well because you know most bananas are about 100 calories so it's like yeah and they're dead filling as well and they're great for energy um but yeah so again, I just tell, I said to that client, you know, let's choose on your preference. What do you like? Let's make a list. And then you think of other things that you can add in there. And then you're like, oh yeah, I could have this and this. Uh, you know, for example, she doesn't mind oranges. So she could have orange segments and tangerines. So that'd be quite nice as well. I said, you could put like um, a little bit of chocolate protein powder in there. So it'd be like chocolate orange. And she's like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. So just a little something she could take to work with her in a tub as well. As she's a teacher, so she's very busy. Um so, yes, yeah, so I always look at the preference when it comes to that. Um, even when it comes to carbohydrates, because I like to encourage my clients, again, to pick whole meal options if they can or opt for potatoes mostly as well because they're really filling. Uh, I don't mean fries all the time. Once in a while is absolutely fine. But, like, chunky potato wedgies, jacket potato, roast potatoes, um, you know, just anything. You know, potatoes great for swapping into dishes. Um, I have it with, say, salmon twice a week, so... I'll just roast up some potatoes like with loads of seasoning and seasoning on there and different spices like paprika, thyme. Uh, just put a bit of spray on and I'll literally just bake that in an oven. Usually I put the salmon in the last 
15 minutes as well with going Cajun spice and a little bit of honey. Just dead simple. And I microwave frozen veg with it. So easy and quick to put together. And I really like it. The reason why I look at preference is because humans will not keep doing something that they don't like fucking doing. So say with diets, for example, like I asked my mum, you know, just out of curiosity, I goes, why do you find it hard to stay on a diet, mum? If you think it works, why don't you stay on it for the rest of your life? And she says, I wouldn't want to live like that for the rest of my life because it's not enjoyable or I'm a bit restricted or I can't eat out or I can't have this and I can't have that. Um, or I just don't like the rules that they use. Kind of sums it up, doesn't it? You know, it's as much as like it might make you lose weight very quickly, you're not implementing long-term habits and behaviours to stick with it. And just start with simply making some adjustments to the meals you have already not change everything you eat you know it's something as simple as that like basing it on preference then base it on is it going to be within your calorie goals is it also going to hit your macro goals so mostly the protein and don't worry too much about carbs and fats so long as you hit your protein before you hit your calorie goal that's the main thing which a lot of people do struggle with i found that when especially with myself and kate used to coach the nk project our online group so we used to find a lot of people would hit their calories for their protein and it's because of their preferences they were not compromising enough you do have to compromise so like i just said there about swapping say the carbohydrate portion a bit too sorry i lost track there i had to pause it so how did amazon delivery driver i'm sure we all have them don't we um it's a water bottle from the missus that she wanted so yes yeah, so i was just saying about the carbohydrate portion which we all favor they taste banging we're in a western world here in the uk so carbohydrates are thrown at us all the time they're my favorite foods too uh, but i find we end up overeating them to the point we don't enjoy them as much so for example if i'm out say out for a meal i've had fish and chips unless it's chips up chips but if it's chips on the mat like they're just literally frozen chips like they're not been you know what i mean like I've, I've worked at chippies and they will get cut up there and they just don't taste as good. So I'll have like a few and I'm like, mm, not enjoying these anymore. So I will stop eating them just because I've lost enjoyment of it. I won't eat for the sake of it. I used to, whereas now I'll eat a few and I enjoy them a bit at first, but then I'm like, mm, if I eat any more, I'm not going to enjoy it. And I think a lot of us do that. We tend to eat past enjoyment. So I always say have a small portion of carbs because then actually you'll probably enjoy them a little bit more. So, for example, the spag bol I said earlier, you could, you don't have to always swap potatoes with spag bol. I mean, a chilli you could because you have spicy wedges or do it with jacket potato, but I think spag bol with jacket potato might be right, might be a bit bland. Um, but I would say just have a smaller portion of the spaghetti. And some people have half of, uh, of a garlic baguette. I'm not going to lie, I've done that too. <laughs> it's really nice. But again, you're eating past the point of enjoyment. I mean, after a bit, I'm like, I should just have one round of the garlic. Um, bread piece and then had a less of the pasta and more of the bolognese and maybe just put like a nice fresh salad with it uh, again it's just playing on people's preferences but you do have to make compromises somewhere but the compromises can actually favor you more by having less of something that you really enjoy because you'll actually enjoy it even more and not eat it past the point of not enjoying it my classic example is chili heatwave doritos they are my absolute favorite when it comes to crisps and I can nail a sharing bag. But it does get to the point after about probably just a quarter of the bag. 
I do think back and think, you know what, I'm just eating for the sake of it now. I've actually lost the enjoyment. It doesn't taste as exciting when I first open the bag. So I always opt to buy just a single serving bag when I have one, when I really fancy it. And I just enjoy that bag. It's enough. Whereas a sharing bag, I lose the enjoyment, um, you know, because you're just eating for the sake of it. And it's more, you just, you might enjoy the, cr the crunchiness and stuff. But even then you're a bit like, I'm just eating for the sake of it now. So bear that in mind as well when it comes to adhering to your calorie deficit. Put it in your favour to make those compromises of having less hedonic, tasty foods in your diet uh, because then you'll enjoy them more when you have them. It's like, as they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So I hope those tips today help. And also, the I've done these with actual clients and they've worked really well. And again, it is based on the client I work with. Every client I work with, we've had to tweak things slightly differently. Uh, but normally, the, the blueprint of the plan is pretty much the same. I look at what their preferences are, so their actual diet currently, and make some tweaks and changes by helping them create a calorie deficit. And then also looking at their macronutrients, their protein, carbs and fats. And normally, it's a case of the fats aren't always terrible, but increasing the protein and increasing the fibre is going to help them uh, be more fuller, more satiated. And reducing the carb portion, not getting rid of it, but just reducing the portion to offset the calories, uh, they find they actually enjoy the carbohydrates more because they're not eating as much of them. They're less bloated as well. And they just make better choices. And that's as far as they get with most of them. Uh, all it is, their diet becomes better over time through food volume choices. So they're having more veggies and fruit more so. Uh, they're having cake not every day of the week like they were before and biscuits every day of the week on top of it and alcohol it's all become moderated a lot more so it might be three times a week they might enjoy a slice of cake or a couple of drinks so again they're making compromises but being female you definitely have to make compromises more so <coughs> excuse me uh, more so than males because men are bigger than us and they need more energy that's just simple science uh, majority anyway but females need less uh, than males do because we're smaller. So we have to make those compromises because we are in a obesogenic environment. Uh, you know, like I said, it, hedonic, tasty foods are fucking everywhere. Um, I, I bet it's more of a nightmare when you're a parent because the foods are in the house all the time for your kids. Um, so again, it's finding those compromises, but also making sure you can adhere to it by what's spoken about today. Don't make it fucking complicated. Always question yourself, if I'm going to do it this way, I have to do it for the rest of my life and then just increase my calories a little bit. So bear that in mind as well. And that's why we say to people, don't go in, go and ho. Don't say I'm going to work out five, six days a week. Uh, I'm going to live off a thousand calories and not go out with friends for dinner because it's not going to fucking happen forever. That You don't want to do that forever. You can lose body fat and weight while having your best life. In fact, one of our members who's in our Forever Strong group now, she's done absolutely brilliantly. She's also a shift worker. She's brought her own house in the time as well. And not only she's lost a lot of weight and body fat, but she's also created a lifestyle now that she absolutely loves. She loves going to the gym lifting weights. She started with just going a couple of days a week and now she loves it that much. She's doing split days just so she can go more because she really enjoys it. And she doesn't have to. She could just do two days a week. She chooses to do more because she likes it. So she's going in there doing the weight training. She's upping her steps across her normal day and not using the gym for cardio because I said it's a waste of time. Just get your daily activity up. Um, she's making sure she prioritises her sleep because she's a shift worker and also for her health reasons and recovery because she wants to be able to go to the gym again. So now 
she's making those decisions when it comes to health and fitness, like her nutrition, her protein, her fiber, um, her steps to basically benefit her going to the gym. So she actually performs better in the gym. Whereas initially she came to us for actually to lose weight and body fat. And now she's got this fantastic lifestyle and she still goes bottomless brunch now and again. And she still enjoys a drink. She still enjoys cake now and again. But she's learned to make compromises. And that's what you've got to do. It's as simple as. But of course, with every individual, it's got to be different for everybody how they do it. Absolutely. There's no one set way to do it. And that's why with this new challenge that we've got coming up, Summer Strong, where we decided we're going to appoint you to a coach because we realise I think people need that more individual support, especially if you're new to this or you haven't done it for a while and you've been on and off and you're sick of being on and off and you want to be always at least somewhere on the spectrum on track, okay? If it means sometimes being 60% on it and sometimes being 90% on it, you're always doing something, are some strong challenges for you. And we're also going to take a set number since we are actually giving individual feedback. So it's going to be capped at 15 participants in this challenge. So if you really want to be in our Summer Strong Challenge, drop me an email any point now and I'll get to you, back to you on Sunday with the link to join. So natalie at the nagpersonaltrainer.co.uk. Thank you for listening. And again, please share this with one other person if you think it will help.